October 16th. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, our reading today will be in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. We'll see that uh, the work in Ephesus was not easy, and Timothy wanted a new assignment. But Paul urged him to stay where he was and get the job done. The next time you want to abandon your assigned place, well, consider the arguments Paul gave Timothy for staying where he was. Stay at your post. God will empower you as you pray. Stay there for the work's sake. What Paul warned the Ephesian elders about had come true. False teachers were in the church. The pastor's job is to warn them and teach the people the truth. If he abandoned the flock, Timothy would be a hireling and not a shepherd. And do it for the Lord's sake. Jesus died to save sinners, and he lives to equip and enable his servants to do the work of the ministry. The same God who empowered Paul could empower Timothy and can empower us today because God is faithful. And do it for our own sake. You see, God had equipped Timothy, called him, and gave him a solemn charge. There was a battle to fight, and he dare not run away. If we flee the post of duty, we rob ourselves of opportunities to grow, to serve, and to glorify God. When the winds of adversity blow, set your sails in the right direction, and let Christ handle the rudder. Otherwise, you may be shipwrecked. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 16th, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God our Savior and by Christ Jesus our hope. It is written to Timothy, my true child in the faith. May God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those who are teaching wrong doctrine. Don't let people waste time and endless speculation over myths and spiritual pedigrees. For these things only cause arguments. They don't help people live a life of faith in God. The purpose of my instruction is that all the Christians there would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and sincere faith. But some teachers have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time arguing and talking foolishness. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about, even though they seem so confident. We know these laws are good when they are used as God intended, but they were not made for people who do what is right. They are for people who are disobedient and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who murder their father or mother or other people. These laws are for people who are sexually immoral, for homosexuals and slave traders, for liars and oath-breakers, and for those who do anything else that contradicts the right teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by our blessed God. How thankful I am to Christ Jesus our Lord, 
for considering me trustworthy and appointing me to serve him, even though I used to scoff at the name of Christ. I hunted down his people, harming them in every way I could. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how kind and gracious the Lord was! He filled me completely with faith and the love of Christ Jesus. This is a true saying, and everyone should believe it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the worst of them all. But that is why God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of His great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in Him and receive eternal life. Glory and honor to God for ever and ever. He is the eternal King, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you, based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they give you the confidence to fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling tightly to your faith in Christ, and always keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples of this. I turned them over to Satan, so they would learn not to blaspheme God. saw is that an issue that continues to persist uh, among us who confess Christ as Lord are seasons in which we walk in the desert, seasons in which we struggle with doubt, seasons in which uh, we kind of are, are barely hanging in there. And if we are not careful, we will pretend that that's not where we are and instead play the part of here's where I raise my hands and here's where I take notes and here's when I come to group what I say about and in essence we begin to pretend that we're not where we are and hear me that's dumb why like your conversation with other believers your conversations in your groups your conversations with those who are in your life pursuing Jesus Christ with you should be right around this subject it's dry I'm tired I'm struggling with doubt I don't get this I'm losing faith why would you pretend that's not where you are I love you that's idiotic the reason why I habitually come back to trying to teach you that the entire Christian life from beginning to end is marked by confession and repentance is that if you get away from that you get away from an open honest this is where I am type of relationship with other believers and instead find yourself pretending or wearing the clothes of someone who has it all together you rob yourself of the ability for the body of Christ to be what she is meant to be and that is at times the 
tangible experience of God's grace and mercy for you. So we confess, I'm, I'm in the desert, man. And I don't know how much longer I can survive out here. But listen to me, you'll never outgrow confession and repentance ever. Doesn't matter how long you're a Christian, doesn't matter. You, you also, uh, I don't know that you'll ever outgrow seasons of being in the desert. God accomplishes profound things in the dry times. And so what we must learn to exercise week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, whether obedience feels like breathing air or obedience feels like a full out assault on our hopes and dreams, is an openness and authenticity to say, I'm in trouble, I'm jammed up. I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm lonely. I've been reading my Bible and so I can't remember the last time the, the Lord spoke to me through his word. And, and so what happens when you refuse to do that is what we're doing here, it gets really goofy. It gets really dumb. I don't, like this isn't what pleases the Lord. A broken and contrite spirit pleases the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. And so what we need to learn to trust the Lord in that while simultaneously being honest that that's where we are. Listen to me. God hadn't asked you to be Superman or Wonder Woman. He hadn't asked that of you. What he has asked is honesty, openness, and contrition. Psalm 86, verses 1 through 17. Preserve my life is the theme here in the first few verses. David was in trouble again. As he always did, he turned to the Lord for help. And he presented some reasons why God should answer him. God was his God and he was God's servant. God was merciful, and he needed mercy. He wanted God alone to be glorified in the victory. God is good and great and ready to help. Unite my heart was another cry. We'll find here in verses 11-13. through 13, A divided heart leads only to instability, because you cannot serve two masters. That's not a challenge, it's just a fact. With a single heart... Fear the Lord, learn from the Lord, obey the Lord, and praise His name. And then David prays that God would strengthen my hand. This is in verses 14 through 17. We'll see that David's strength and experience were inadequate to face the foe. He needed the strength of the Lord. In his chapter-by-chapter -chapter Bible commentary, Warren Wearsby says that David knew his theology, and that helped him in his praying. You see, the better you know God, the better you can approach him with your needs. Psalm 86, verses 1 through 17, a prayer of David. Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I am devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and trust you. You are my God. Be merciful, O Lord. For I am calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for my life depends on you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask your aid. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever trouble strikes, and you will answer me. Nowhere among the pagan gods is there a God like you, O Lord? 
There are no other miracles like yours. All the nations, and you made each one, will come and bow before you, Lord. They will praise your great and holy name. For you are great and perform great miracles. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart, that I may honor you. With all my heart I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever. For your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. O God, insolent people rise up against me. Violent people are trying to kill me. And you mean nothing to them. But you, O Lord, are a merciful and gracious God, slow to get angry, full of unfailing love and truth. Look down and have mercy on me. Give strength to your servant. Yes, save me, for I am your servant. Send me a sign of your favor. Then those who hate me will be put to shame. For you, O Lord, help and comfort me. Proverbs 25, verse 17. Don't visit your neighbors too often, or you will wear out your welcome.